0: So I keep hearing that Bernie Sanders can't get anything done in in the Senate, that his whole career has just been one great big long speech, but he never gets anything done. Well, for the first time, as far as I know, for the first time uh, in possibly American history, the Senate just voted to end US involvement in a war. And that vote was on Bernie Sanders' resolution to stop US involvement and US refueling and US aiding of Saudi Arabia's genocide in Yemen. This is Bernie Sanders' resolution that just passed the Senate. The Senate has passed a historic resolution directing the Trump administration to rescind all US military assistance to Saudi Arabia related to its war in Yemen. The resolution, which passed 56 to 41, so pretty healthy margin there, is a rare bipartisan rebuke to the White House over its policies towards Saudi Arabia. The measure, which had failed in the Senate in March, was revived and reinvigorated in the wake of the murder of Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Khashoggi, on October 2nd. Bernie Sanders, Mike Lee, and Chris Murphy co-sponsored the resolution to stop U.S. involvement in Yemen, where a Saudi-led coalition is fighting the Iran-backed Houthi rebels. The nearly four-year conflict has killed an estimated 50,000 people and put nearly 12 million on the brink of famine. It's not on the brink of famine. They're, They're starving. That would be famine. The war in Yemen and U.S. support for the Saudi-led effort actually began during the Obama administration. But President Trump has moved the U.S. even closer to Saudi Arabia as part of his administration's broader Middle East policy, which largely focuses on countering Iran. And then they talk more about Khashoggi. The Senate resolution calls on the U.S. to suspend its role in the Saudi-led war in Yemen. It invokes the War Powers Resolution, which gives Congress the power to direct the president to remove U.S. forces from hostilities abroad if the president hasn't sought a declaration of war or an authorization for the use of force. Of course, Obama didn't ask Congress, just like George W. Bush went to war without full congressional Senators began debate on the resolution Wednesday afternoon and continued debating into Thursday afternoon. Several lawmakers proposed amendments along the way. Some strengthened the measure, such as the bipartisan amendment introduced by Senator Todd Young, along with Senators Gene Shaheen, Susan Collins, and Chris Coons, which which prohibits the U.S. refueling of Saudi coalition aircraft. The U.S. has already indicated that it would halt refueling in November, but this amendment makes it explicit. The U.S. military refuels a portion of Saudi coalition aircraft and removing this option potentially limits the Saudi's ability to conduct bombing missions. You know, bombing school buses with children that has killed. I mean, I've seen at least seven to eight times U.S. bombs have dropped on school buses in Yemen. Now, as Bernie Sanders said, this is, you know, the beginning of the process not the end but this is a gigantic gigantic victory for Bernie Sanders squirrel lips getting us started in the super chat I 99 thank you squirrel lips this is a gigantic gigantic victory for Bernie Sanders and I don't want to just make this political because obviously this is a human humanitarian crisis and it's genocide so it's not just about Bernie Sanders. This is about the U.S. not aiding a genocide because gen- this is a genocide. All you got to do is look at the pictures. The children in Yemen are innocent. The women in Yemen are innocent. The majority of the men keep being killed are innocent. Saudi Arabia is indiscriminately dropping bombs that the United States of America has been refueling their planes so they could drop those bombs on weddings, killing dozens of people at a time, on school buses, killing children, in markets with tons of innocent people. So although this doesn't actually stop immediately the United States involvement, and of course The House of Representatives voted this down yesterday, so it doesn't magically get through. You know, a lot of my reporting and a lot of uh, what I report is bad because we're in a very big crisis in America. We have sold our country to corporations and oligarchs. But sometimes you have to stop for a minute and recognize when history has happened. And this is historic. This is the first time that I I, I looked it up. I, I don't know if there has ever been a vote by the United States Senate to stop a war. And although it is Bernie Sanders, Mike Lee, and Chris Murphy, make no mistake about it, the Congress, the senator who got the movement behind this, the senator who got the traction behind this, the senator who got this into the national discussion was not Chris Murphy from Connecticut or Mike Lee. Let's not even talk about Mike Lee from Utah. It was Bernie Sanders. And as Le Lescoutur accurately says, it's not only that we're refueling them, but we're also providing them weapons. The bombs, as he says, are coming. So... I don't think this goes far enough, but you do have to crawl before you can walk. And if we stop, it's not, we're refueling their airplanes mid-air. Mid-air, we're refueling their airplanes. If that stops, well, they have to go find somebody else to do that. And if they can't refuel their airplanes mid-air, then they're going to have a lot harder time with the bombing just Gauntlet of bombs they've been dropping. Here's Bernie Sanders uh, on this historic moment.
1: Course All because Here's Bernie Sanders of sorting oh, activities historic in that civil war. Hold on. bipartisan nature of this legislation. We have brought Republicans and Democrats together in a very historical moment. And what that moment is about is that the Senate this afternoon stated that we will not continue participation in the Saudi-led intervention in Yemen, which has resulted in the worst humanitarian crisis on earth, and that crisis is about 85,000 children starving to death, 10,000 new cases of cholera every single week, and the United Nations telling us that they are, Yemen is on the verge of imminent famine with the possibility of millions of people dying, all because of Saudi activities in that civil war. And today, what the United States said it said in a very loud way, that we will not continue to have our military posture dictated by a despotic, murderous regime in Saudi Arabia, a regime which does not respect democracy, does not respect human rights, a regime whose leader nobody doubts was involved in the horrific murder of a dissident, journalist in the Saudi consulate in Turkey, Jamal Khashoggi. And today, and it's a very important breakthrough, both progressives and conservatives have made a profound statement that 45 years after the passage of the War Powers Act, 45 years later, finally, the United States Senate has come together to use that authority for the first time and say that the responsibility for war, the constitutional responsibility for war, rests with the United States Congress, not the president, whether that president is a Democrat or a Republican. And I think the historical importance of today is not only moving the United States out of that horrific war, what is is having the country see that their elected representatives are about to take back their constitutional responsibility on the issues of war, one of the most important functions that the United States Congress has. So I just want to thank my colleagues here uh, and the many people at the grassroots level who have helped us uh, pass this uh, historical uh, resolution. Let me ask Mike Lee to come up and say a few words. Hell
0: yeah, Bernie. Tell him, Bernie. Now, again, this is not about Bernie Sanders. This is about Yemen. But I got to tell you something. I just call it like I see it. That man looks like a president when he speaks. That man speaks like consistent... Moral conviction that we have not seen in a United States president, at least not in my lifetime. I don't know how old everyone watching is. This man is a leader. Whether he ever becomes president or not, he has done more as a senator. Not just to get legislation passed, but to create a movement in this country, that's not nothing. The movement you are seeing, the progressive movement, and a lot of people talked after the primary, oh, Bernie sold out, Bernie sold out. And I thought that was very narrow-minded. You don't have to necessarily agree with everything someone you admire does. You can think they're making strategic mistakes, but this man has not sold out. This man has galvanized a movement. There would not be. There would not be an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez if there was not a Bernie Sanders in 2016. Period. I'm not taking anything away from her. But just someone like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, just someone like um, all, you know, the, the thousands of people that ran in 2017 and 2018, they ran because of him. Because they, he inspired them. He showed that you could run a competitive campaign just on moral and progressive policies. uh, Dr. So says, Bernie, trailblazer. And Bernie Sanders, you know, he got criticized in uh, the primaries, well, for everything, but that he doesn't have any foreign policy experience. Well, you know, what is experience? You could have a long resume like Hillary Clinton, But I don't care what your experience is. I care what your judgment is. This man was right about the Iraq war. This man was right about the Iraq war. This man has been talking about the United States removing troops from around the world for 30 years. This man has been on the right side of Yemen. When President Obama began this, his judgment has been on point. Every single time. Yes, I think he buys into the Russia gate a little too much, but that doesn't mean he's not stellar in other areas. And if you gave me the option of who I want to have the nuclear button, if you gave me the option of who I want to be a commander in chief to make sound, reasonable, and long view decisions on US military force. Not just force, but how much money we put into the U- U.S. military. If you gave me the option between that man and Donald Trump, or that man and Joe Biden, that man and Cory Booker, that man and Kamala Harris, that man and Beto O'Rourke, Phil, c- c- keep on going. It's, it's not even close. It is not even close. And Outside of Bernie Sanders, we need to understand something here, okay? And this is this predates me, this predates status quo, this predates the current political movement we're in. Just because people are getting killed and starved and slaughtered across an ocean does not mean it doesn't affect you. Just because people are getting killed, starved, slaughtered across an ocean, does not mean we don't have a responsibility to those people. If, God forbid, God forbid, if anything like what's happening in Yemen ever came to this country, what would you want people in Yemen, what would you want people in Europe to do? Would you want them to just tweet on your behalf? Would you want them to stand up and demand that their government put a stop to it. So honestly, you know, I don't make, I don't pretend, you know, I support Bernie Sanders. I'm a journalist, I'm open about my views. It doesn't distort the facts. If I found out tomorrow that Bernie's a fraud or did something illegal or did something hypocritical, I'd be the first one to report it. So. I believe as a journalist, you could be open about your political opinions, your biases, but still be accurate and objective. With that said, Bernie Sanders, you want to talk about 2020? Bernie Sanders just spearheaded the first use of the War Powers Act in American history. He just got passed through the Senate. It's not a done deal. It still has to pass the House, which I'm going to get to in a minute. He just created a bipartisan coalition of some whack-job conservatives and progressives and centrists. That was Bernie Sanders. And we've been told Bernie Sanders can't get anything done. He's all talk. He's just a grumpy old man. He never gets anything done. Well, Bernie Sanders just did. Donna Brazil can't take that away from him. Hillary Clinton can't take that away from him. Tom Perez can't take that away from him. Neera Tanton can't take that away from him. The list goes on. By the way, not to mention, Bernie Sanders, not so very recently, got the richest man in the world to raise minimum wage for his employees at Amazon. That was Bernie Sanders. Arguably, has there been any, any Democrat or Independent that has gotten as much done as Bernie since the 2016 election? If so, let me know. Game and grind, I agree. They are building up Beto for a reason. So they're gonna try to rig it if Bernie runs and I have decent sourcing. I have decent sources that tell me he is going to run. Uh, Do I think he's gonna run as a Democrat? I do, I do. Do I think they're gonna have a different strategy this time to combat the rigging? I do. Will it work? I don't know. The DNC also has more time this time to plot to take him down. But this is an inspiring moment and Bernie Sanders deserves the credit. And if you have children, if you have friends, it is on all of us and I just as responsible on me. I don't cover it as much as I should. We need to focus on Yemen because just because it's just like I always say with Flint, just because it's not in your neck of the woods doesn't mean it's not coming. Now, in the House of Representatives yesterday, Paul Ryan snuck this very same, uh, very same bill to end United States involvement in Yemen. He snuck it in the farm bill. He snuck it in the farm bill. So... Basically, who the hell knows if everybody even knew what they were voting on. But five Democrats joined with Republicans. It only lost by three votes in the House. And five Democrats joined Republicans. So that it would get shot down in the House. These are those Democrats, tell you the truth, never heard of them. These are the Democrats that joined Republicans to block the House from voting to end U.S. military support for Saudi-led war. If these Democrats did not do this, right now, there would be a bill going to the president and all the pressure in the world on Donald Trump. Because if the House passed it and the Senate passed it, it goes to the president. Make Donald Trump, make Donald Trump, force Donald Trump to continue genocide in Yemen. So take a screenshot, call those five Democrats. There were also seven Democrats that abstained from voting. Those seven Democrats who abstained were also the difference. Again, this was only shot down by three votes. Two of those Democrats that abstained were two usually reliable progressives. Keith Ellison from Minnesota, and Raul Grijalva of Arizona. Now, I called called Raul Grijalva's office before we went live. Uh, I got his press secretary's email, and I emailed his press secretary to confirm was he actually in Washington, D.C., because I don't want to bash the man, as he might have not been present for the vote. Uh, I have not gotten a response yet from his press secretary. Uh, I called... Uh, I called Keith Ellison's office and I got a voicemail that this voicemail box is full. <laughs> so I haven't found anything online if he was there or not. Uh, Boo, Boo Fire says he wasn't there. Uh, I don't know, I can't confirm it. I, I haven't seen anything online. My assumption is they were not present because it's not consistent with either Keith Ellison or Raul Guriava's, um history and voting record to abstain from a vote like this. And Raul Grijalva actually tweeted, I believe on the same day, his support for ending it. So my assumption is he wasn't there, but I'll give you an update once I confirm it. So, you know, when I and Jimmy Dore and Lee Camp and actual progressive media folks Report and criticize the Democratic Party. In a lot of cases, just as much as we criticize the Republican Party. We're not doing it for shits and giggles. We're not doing it for our health. We're not doing it to get clicks. Well, some people are for clicks. We're doing it because these corrupt Democrats are helping extreme neocon Republicans to pass and shoot down important legislation the republicans cannot get the majority of what they want done unless they have corrupt neo-liberal democrats to help them get it through so what should we spend most of our time on criticizing the republicans that we already know are corrupt that we already know are warmongers that we already know are neocons that we already know are bought off That we know no matter what we do or no matter how much we cover it, they're not changing their mind. Or should we shame the Democrats who continually paint themselves as the party of the people, the party of human rights, which I'm about to get to, is a joke. Yes, like this video. Remember, the more you like the video, the more people who see it. This vote in the House that was shot down can be voted again when the Democrats take the House on January 3rd. We'll see if, as it looks like right now, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, I'm not a fan of that, but that's how it looks. We'll see if she brings this up for a vote, and we'll see if those five Democrats vote that way again. There's also going to be new Republicans in Congress and new Democrats in Congress in, in January on January 3rd. But it's past the Senate. It's on the House now, and the Democrats have the majority in the House. So this can get through. Keith Ellison will not be in Congress next year. He, be, he is now Attorney General-elect, but Raul Grijalva will be. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez will be. Congresswoman-elect Rashida Tlaib will be. Congresswoman-elect Ayanna Presley will be. There are incoming Democratic progressive legislators that can hopefully put this over the top. And then you go to Donald Trump with a grassroots army. It's past the Senate. It's past the House. Make him be the face of genocide in Saudi Arabia. Make him defend why he is not signing that into law when he has hundreds of millions of dollars in relationships with Saudi Arabia for his business dealings. You want to talk about criminal collusion? Forget Russia for a minute. Donald Trump has years and years of business with Saudi Arabia. So that's the deal. And I'm going to try my best to cover Yemen more because it's very important. So, before I move on to the next topic, folks, I want to I wanna keep it real with you. I always keep it real. I always keep it real for all 120 of you. We have a GoFundMe going. We have a GoFundMe going. And that GoFundMe was launched in the middle of September. We have, honestly, it's incredible that in three months, we've raised $26,510 from 474 people. So we're already past the halfway point. It's definitely an ambitious goal for a startup to raise $50,000 in a short amount of time. We set it at $50,000 because Jen and I looked at the numbers and said, you know what, if we could if we could get to $50,000, we have a real runway here. We'll have a little breathing room to really go out in the field more than once, more than twice, more than three times, but for for a decent length of time. And to stay in the field, it's not just going places for like two days, but to, to go places and to dig, to try and expose corruption, to try and interview as many activists and residents on the ground, depending where it is, to try and cover stories that are not seeing the light of day. That's why we're doing this GoFundMe. Yes, some of the money is going to go towards advertising and marketing because we're being suppressed like nobody's business on YouTube. Half the people don't even know when we're live. Half the people don't even know we even have a channel because YouTube is suppressing this channel, as I've told you in the past. So like like with anything, sometimes you're on fire and sometimes you're kind of stagnant. And right now, if I'm keeping it real, it's a little stagnant. And that's okay. A lot of people have donated once, twice, three times. And some people just... Don't have the means to donate, and that's okay too. We don't want to make anybody's situation worse. But I want to remind you why we have this. I want to remind you why it's urgent. You know, some people on Twitter, uh, you know mock who don't like me or whatever. Oh, Jordan, a Bernie bro, just, you know, doesn't earn a living, so he does go fund me. I'm working literally 24/7. Jen is working literally 24/7. I do Sunday marathons live at noon Eastern. This Sunday, we're going to have journalist Aaron Maté, who was with Real News. uh, Now he has left Real News and he's independent. I did uh, almost an hour interview with him. I recorded it today on Russiagate. And also take naming names in independent media. It's not just that Russiagate is largely hysterical and largely not based on fact. It's that a lot of the independent media you depend on or used to depend on, have bought into it. We also talk about other things. I'm also going to have an interview with an environmental lawyer on a story of corruption that you will not believe. And shocker, it involves a Democratic governor, uh, Ralph Northam in Virginia, and a pipeline. I'm also going to have an interview with a mother who, like many in North Carolina, are sick. Because DuPont has been dumping cancer-causing chemicals for 40 years in the Cape Fear River in North Carolina, and now the state government that's bought off by DuPont wants to let them off the hook with a $12 million fine. I have those three interviews coming up this Sunday in addition to my uh, reports. Jen will have an original report. Uh, Ty, I don't know yet, because he's working on a documentary all week for us. So we're working 24-7, not for ourselves, but to build this company and for you, the viewer. So if you think I'm begging, that's fine, maybe I am, but we gotta raise money. So let me remind you what we're trying to do at Status Coup. Feel free as you watch or after to contribute. I wanted to play that video, I haven't played it in a while to remind you who we are and what we're trying to do. You know, there are, there are progressive YouTube channels that have been around uh, for five, six years. We just started this channel in March and we are almost at 23,000 subscribers. We just launched our website in October. In October. If you want to see real reporting in the field cuz I got news for you, look around. There's a lot of independent media. There's a lot of independent media out there that do clickbait Do Trump, 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 every video, every, every show. Do Russia, Russia, Russia. And that's great. If that's what you want to watch, all power to you. But if you want real reporting, if you want to actually hear from American citizens being screwed by their government, being screwed by the corporations, being poisoned, if you want us to name names, help us get there. There's 120 people watching right now. If, five, if 120 people left $5 or $10 or whatever you could leave, that's how we're gonna grow. Because GoFundMe is not our business model. Let me be clear. Our business model is to get out in the field and when we're in the field, we are going to grow our paid monthly membership. But you have to show people that you're different. You have to show people what makes you unique. What makes us unique is not that we're so great and we're so skilled and we're so, you know, super. It's we have more desire than the others to actually roll up our sleeves and get out in the field and do it. And I'm not telling you what we're going to do. I'm showing you what we're going to do. Because that promo promo video that you saw us out in the field for most of that, all of that, actually almost all of those stories that we went out in the field was through this GoFundMe and crowdfund, crowdfunding we did before the GoFundMe. So I hope you'll consider contributing. Uh, if you have already, you know, and you can't again, that's fine. But if you can, please. And if you can't, tell your friends, tell your family, get them to subscribe. Tell them, you know, or don't tell them, but say you should consider contributing. Because we're not some organization saying, hey, give us money and we'll do X and then we don't do it. We've already shown you what we're doing. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And remember, in addition to GoFundMe, you could also now become a paid monthly member. You could become a paid monthly member to Status Coup. Go to statuscoup.com, click on Become a Member, and those are the levels. For $5 a month, for a cup of Starbucks coffee, you could be a member. For ten dollars a month, you could be a member, and both levels have great perks. Go there and check it out. If you could do five bucks a month, what? Great. If you could do ten bucks, great, even better. But that's how we're going to grow, and most importantly, that's how we're never ever going to even walk into a meeting with anybody that has a special interest, that anybody that is a corporation. I'm not going to do it anyway, but that's how you assure, because you know how you make journalists or politicians answer only to you by keeping them independent. And that's the truth. So I hope my little speech helped and I hope you'll consider uh, adding us to your budget. Thank you, Antonio for five bucks. Hope I'll always remember Jordan's amazing Standing Rock coverage. Happy, sad to see you again. Antonio, you could ask Jen, one of my first ideas, one of my first ideas for Status Coup was actually to go back to Standing Rock. I want to go back to Standing Rock for, you know, kind of like um, an after the Rock kind of special to show you how are these people's lives now? How are these people's lives now? I would love to do that. I also want to go to South Dakota right now, if I can, because although a federal judge has revoked Trump's permit on the Keystone pipeline, I have sources on the ground telling me that they're constructing anyway. The company is blowing off a federal judge who revoked the permit because hey why not laws don't apply to oil companies i would like to expose that but we just don't have the funding yet to go out to these places and stay out so that's the deal that's our ask we hope you'll consider it and onward so you know when you're talking about when you're talking about yemen it's ironic that this happened on the same day because i saw earlier an individual that should not be getting an award a human rights award Got, an, a, got a human rights award. Do you know who got a human rights award this week? You really can't make this stuff up. You know, Joe Biden a few weeks ago was giving George W. Bush a liberty award. So, you know, Joe Biden handing a war criminal a liberty award, but somebody new has gotten a human rights award. Take a guess. Take a guess who got a human rights award. Obama, you're right, Antonio. Barack Obama got a Human Rights Award from the RFK Human Rights Organization. President Barack Obama was honored Wednesday night with the Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights Ripple of Hope Award at a gala in New York. Quote, I'm very humbled by this honor. I'm not sure if you've heard, but I've been on this hope kick. Oh, God, this hope kick for a while now. Obama said in his speech, I gave a big speech on hope. I ran a couple of campaigns. Hope, it's my kind of thing. So I'd like to thank all of you for officially validating my HOPE credentials. Oh, my God. You just can't make this up. You can't make this up. Thank you, Mr. Black. Two bucks, says. Here's my share, Jordan. Awesome job. Appreciate it. Later in his remarks, Obama said, it can be tempting to succumb to the cynicism, the belief that HOPE is a fool's game for suckers. Well, you did. You definitely made some people suckers. That's for sure. Quote, And worse, at a time when the media is splintered and our leaders seem content to make up whatever facts they consider expedient. A lot of people have come to doubt even the very notion of a common ground, insisting the best we can do is to retreat into our respective corners, circle the wagons, and then do battle with anybody who is not like ourselves, Obama said. Bobby Kennedy's life reminds us to reject such cynicism. Well... Well, first of all, first of all, if you think, if you think it's bad, if you think you get crap on Twitter when you go after, say, Beto O'Rourke or go after, say, Hillary Clinton, that's child's play to when you dare criticize President Obama. Oh my God, I tweeted earlier that this was a joke, that he got a human rights award. I've I've been attacked by, you know... It's like sacrosanct to dare question Barack Obama. Thank you, Ian, five bucks in the super chat. Happy to support a field-based progressive journalist. Can't thank you guys enough. sacrosanct So let me be clear, President Obama, thank you, Robbie, 20 bucks in the super chat. And And just to remind you folks, I'm not taken away if you want to contribute in the super chat perfect. We do prefer GoFundMe right now because we're trying to get the numbers up, not just the dollar amount, but we're trying to get the actual numbers of people who donated up in the GoFundMe. So if you're, feel free, if, you know, if it's easier for you, for whatever reason, feel free to do it in the Super Chat. But if you don't mind, leave it in the GoFundMe. But Obama ran uh, against the stupid war, the stupid war in Iraq. Okay, well, dirty little secret. He left people in Iraq. He left soldiers in Iraq. There's still American soldiers in Iraq, not, t- not tens of thousands, but there's a couple thousand soldiers in Iraq. He campaigned on ending the war in Afghanistan. Now, I believe, the longest war in American history. Why are we in Afghanistan? I've done several videos about this. Why? other than stealing their opium and why? There's no threat from Afghanistan. Al Qaeda and Taliban are everywhere. ISIS, they're everywhere. They're not in Afghanistan predominantly. Barack Obama, you want to talk about human rights? Think about the last decade, the explosion in police brutality in this country. Trayvon Martin. Freddie Gray, Michael Brown, Jordan Davis, Walter Scott. Go on and on and on. Think about the protests that erupted under Barack Obama. Think about the violence perpetrated by police on unarmed American citizens under Barack Obama. This isn't a personal thing against Barack Obama. I think some of the things he did as president were good. I think Obamacare, although it is not what we need, we need Medicare for all, Obamacare is a step in the right direction as compared to shit-out-of-luck healthcare where just go to the emergency room and we all pay for it. I think he did do some decent things. But he also allowed the police state and the militarization of the police in this country to soar to new levels that honestly we haven't seen domestically probably since the Rodney King riots of the early 90s. I mean, do you remember the scenes from Ferguson? Do you remember the scenes from Baltimore? And I could tell you up close, because I remember the scenes because I was there seven fucking times. I don't say this to be arrogant, I say this because it's fact. I was in Standing Rock more than any national journalist in this country. I went back and forth seven times over six months. I went back twice after Obama denied the final permit. There were bullets firing in my direction, rubber bullets, but they could hurt. And if shot at a point-blank range, you can die from a rubber bullet. There were grenades shot at unarmed Native Americans and environmental activists. One grenade nearly shot off a 21-year-old's arm. Now she has an arm put together from various parts of her body, Sophia Walonsky. Another girl, uh, Susie, a Native American, lost her eyesight because of tear gas canister shot at point-blank range by militarized police that Barack Obama, when asked about Standing Rock while this was going on, he said... Let's let it play out for a little bit. We'll let it play out. Unbeknownst, unbeknownst to myself, the Native Americans demonstrating there, the environmental activists from around the world that came in, we did not know that Barack Obama at the time, his Department of Justice, his FBI, his Homeland Security, was literally working with the oil company's private security, private mercenary company to surveil unarmed people exercising the first amendment. Those private mercenaries from Tiger Swan literally infiltrated the camps that I reported at as moles, they created violence. There, I can't confirm it, but there were lots of reports that some of the vehicle fires were actually started by the oil company's private mercenaries. We saw the horrifying images brought to you, thankfully, because Amy Goodman speaking about independent media on the ground and the importance, the reason Standing Rock became a a world, a global thing was those images where Amy Goodman was in front of dogs eating human flesh. Those were the private mercenary dogs of Tiger Swan that were literally coordinating with President Obama's FBI, Homeland Security, and the Department of Justice. These are facts. So when I'm attacked on Twitter, I don't give a shit because I was there and they weren't. You want to talk about a human rights award? Not to mention. The people, I don't, you know, we joke, Native Americans joke, we've had PTSD basically since the 1700s. Let me tell you something. There are just about no one that was an active demonstrator and water protector. Very few people who didn't leave there with some form of PTSD. They had freezing water canisters in 24-degree weather. Freezing water canisters shot at them. 200 to 300 people that evening had hypothermia while President Obama just sat there, did nothing. The only reason he denied that permit, the only reason he denied that permit was because he knew incoming President Trump would reverse it. And why? I don't have proof. Why did he not want to deny that permit? My educated guess You know who the biggest investor in the Dakota Access Pipeline was? The single largest investor in the Dakota Access Pipeline? Warren Buffett, one of Barack Obama and the Democratic Party's biggest donors. Follow the money. Don't follow the talk about hope. Oh, I'm a sucker for hope, President Obama says. And yes, please remember, remember your checklist. You got to like this video stream. There's 122 people and I only see 60 likes. Like, like, like. The more you like the live stream, the more in YouTube's algorithm, the more people who see it. Even if you dislike me, like the live stream. This is not even to mention. This is not even to mention, by the way. I mean, who, who the hell knows the number at this point of innocent Middle Easterners who were murdered by President Obama's droning around the world. President Obama launched the endless drone wars that President Trump has continued. The term collateral damage, toss that out because it, it's not even collateral damage at this point. We just don't care. We dropped drones on weddings. drop drones in marketplaces. Thank you, Christina, $1.99 denying the super chat. Barack Obama, you know, to say, oh, well, I didn't, we, we didn't start a new war. Well, droning half the world is war. You are murdering innocent people. And guess what? When you as you in the middle east when you see your brother or your sister or your mother or your father or your teacher or your family friend murdered by a drone just you know they were accidentally killed by a drone it kind of makes you hate america it kind of helps radicalize people against america we don't really think about that as far as terrorists it's not a defense if they do become radicalized Two wrongs do not make a right. But we don't really think, why do they hate us? President Obama was one of the smartest men to ever become president. He was president of the Harvard Law Review. So in order to not start another ground war, he started an air war. And instead of killing our troops, he killed innocent uh, brown people across the world. You want to talk about human rights? Go ask the people in the Middle East what they think about President Obama and human rights. Go ask the Native Americans in North Dakota what they think about President Obama and human rights. And I was attacked by someone on Twitter, don't speak for all Native Americans. I'm not speaking for anyone. I'm saying go ask them, because I have. The ones I talk to, not a fan of Barack Obama. Go ask a lot of African Americans who have been beaten at protests under President Obama, the first black president. Yes, it was a huge responsibility and huge pressure as the first black president, but if you're an African-American in a live stream, can you tell me if he did a lot for you? Thank you, Mr. Black, dollar in the super chat. There's no amount too high or too low in our super chat or GoFundMe. And thank you, Jen, Jen, pointing out, go ask the people of Flint what they think about President Obama and human rights, who went to Flint and drank a very small sip of filtered water and said, Hey, my EPA tells me it's safe. It's going on five years. April is five years of the Flint water crisis. The water is still poisoned. And if you follow Jen and my reporting, we recently broke that the state of Michigan Environmental Agency literally cooked up the numbers to declare the, the water safe. They cooked up the data by flushing residents lines right before testing. Jen, if you don't mind putting the story in the live stream for those who didn't read it. Read that story and share it. We worked for months on this story. We knocked on 450 doors. We knocked on 450 doors and we were able to do that because you sent us there. You sent us there. We would have knocked on more doors but we ran out of funding. That's what Ty is working on, that documentary, which somebody has, at the moment, we think it's going to go out this month. At the latest, it will go out at the beginning of the year. And yes, we're damn right we're going to try to get it on Netflix, if we can. Help us do more of that. GoFundMe. So, you know, hey, as FDR, if the Obama worshipers want to bring their hate against me on Twitter, that's fine. I don't really care. It's the truth. This man did some good things as president, but he is not a friend of human rights. And that's the problem in this country. That is the problem in this country. The media trains you to focus on somebody's um oratory folk they train you to focus on their words and let me tell you something i was conned by president obama i was conned by him just like you probably were in 2008 i thought obama could part the ocean and, and you know do all that he spoke like the second coming of moses if you ask me and during his re-election, he spoke very well as well he gave you hope He he made you feel like this this time was different. This was different. But always follow the money. While he was talking that way in 2007 and 2008, he was taking a record number of funds from Wall Street. Barack Obama's 2008 campaign took more money from Wall Street than any other presidential campaign in history at that time. No wonder no Wall Street executives are in jail for crashing the global economy and stealing your money. Barack Obama campaigned on a public option. When he had both houses of Congress, he gave you a Republican health care plan hatched out of the conservative Heritage Foundation. Barack Obama bailed out the banks. He didn't bail out. You, the students, which I'm going to get to in a minute with another story, certainly didn't bail out those with student loan debt. Barack Obama extended the Bush tax cuts, for God's sakes. So you want to say Barack Obama should get a human rights award? Yeah. The most dangerous people are not the ones who tweet horrific scenes, horrific things like Trump, are not the ones who say horrific things like Trump. The most dangerous people are the ones who sound wonderful, who sound inspirational, who sound very hopeful, who sound like the second coming of Moses, because those kinds of people, you don't look behind the curtain because you don't think there's a reason to look. And that's when they really get you. That's when they really screw you. That's when they really steal from you. To so Barack Obama, you know what award I would give you? Well, I don't want to say the biggest failure, but, you know, failing to meet the moment. Because let me tell you something, President Obama, when he became president, this country was on the brink of a Great Depression. This country had just seen the worst war since Vietnam. This country was in a progressive upswing. Barack Obama had an opportunity to actually be the greatest president in American history, if you ask me. He could have gotten Medicare for all through if he would have pushed for it. The people were behind him. He could have jailed bankers as an example so that this doesn't happen again. And he didn't. Instead, he made his cabinet a bunch of former Wall Street executives. You wanna know why? As WikiLeaks showed you, Citigroup told him who to put in his cabinet. Well, Diana, if you'll be in debtor's prison after attending three progressive colleges, you'll like this story. (laughs) Here we go. You think You think there's uh, no more bubbles to come? Well, President Trump has one for you. The Trump administration helped hide a report where Wells Fargo screwed students with already large student loan debt. For months, the Trump administration hid a report showing that banks charged that banks charge high fees to college students who opened accounts and held debit cards, and that Wells Fargo charged more on average than any other financial institution. The report, which was done by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, was only released publicly only last week after consumer advocacy groups submitted a Freedom of Information request for the document. A copy was sent from the agency to the Department of Education in February. Seth Frotman, The former student loan uh, um, ombudsman at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau had accused agency heads of burying the report when he quit in protest earlier this year. When new evidence came to light showing the nation's largest banks were ripping off students on campuses across the country by saddling them with legally dubious account fees, borough leadership suppressed the publication of a report prepared by bureau staff, Frotman wrote in his resignation letter. The report reviewed accounts at nearly 600 colleges that had partnered with banks for student promotions. Some banks paid colleges based on the number of students who opened the accounts, the report said. Though most students who signed up for these accounts did so without accruing fees, certain banks, quote, pose a risk to student consumers, according to the report. Financial institutions that did not pay colleges for promotion charged $11.93 in account fees on average over a 12-month period. But students paid an average of $36.52 in fees to banks that paid colleges for their sponsorship. Students who had accounts with Wells Fargo paid the most, an average of almost $47. You notice how every single recent scandal is Wells Fargo and absolutely nobody goes to jail? Wells Fargo spokesperson, Jim Sates, said that average costs vary by school. He added that some students may have more fee-eligible banking needs, like sending wires or purchasing board checks. What an excuse. Oh, my God, that's a terrible, terrible rationale. There is no indication in the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau report that Wells Fargo disproportionately serviced more students with such needs. The average is based on 30 colleges that had partnerships with Wells Fargo and reported the required data. Wells Fargo waives monthly service fees on primary checking accounts for those between the ages of 17 and 24. Consumer Financial Protection Bureau declined to comment. What a shock. You know, This kind of stuff, this kind of stuff that Trump is actually doing, this kind of stuff that actually affects your life that the Trump administration is doing, who the hell knows what Mick Mulvaney is doing at the Office of Budget? Who the hell knows what Rick Perry is doing at the Department of Energy? Who the hell knows what Ben Carson, that neuroscientist, is doing? at HUD because all we're hearing about is Russia. All we hear about day after day, 24 seven, is the Russian boogeyman. While Trump and his administration are literally covering, covering up reports that show students are being scammed. And you might not be a student, but let me tell you something, the student loan Debt, many experts say, is the next bubble that will take down the domestic and possibly global economy. So it does affect you when students are getting scammed on top of the student loan scam. Need some evidence of that? Despite the economic recovery, student debtors monster in the closet has only worsened. The student loan default rate more than doubled between 2003 and 2011, and 40% of borrowers are expecting to fall behind on their loans by 2023. It's going to be very consequential for the future of the country, says Barmak Nasirian, Director of Federal Relations for the American Association of State Colleges and Universities. In many ways, Daniel Strong is happy with life. He owns a three bedroom ranch style in Charlottesville, Virginia, where he lives with his wife and three-year-old son. He recently made the last payment on his silver Toyota Tacoma. He likes his job. There's only one problem and it won't go away. Strong and his wife owe more than 350,000 for their bachelor's and master's degree. The huge monster in the closet for me are these student loans that keep getting bigger and bigger. When they graduated, they were faced with monthly bills of around 800 bucks and have since struggled to keep up. It's so stressful to think about the fact that you're probably going to have to work until you drop dead at work because of your student loans. 10 years after the 2008 financial crisis, there are headlines of record low unemployment and booming economy. Those are bullshit. Yet one area has only worsened over the decade and threatens that recovery, student debt. Average debt at graduation is currently around 30000 up from 10000 in the early 1990s. The country's outstanding student loan balance is projected to swell to $2 trillion by 2022. And experts say a large portion of it is unlikely to ever be repaid. Nearly a quarter of student loan borrowers are currently in a state of delinquency or default. Because of these loans, many Americans are unable to buy houses and cars, start businesses and families, or save or invest. Borrowing is unlikely to slow at any time as the cost of an education in this country is only rising. Yes, because the education foundation the educational colleges also. Colleges are also paying off our politicians. So our politicians let them price gouge students. State funding for public colleges fell by 9 billion between 2008 and 2017. I could read on, but the bottom line is this folks, you don't need to be in college for this to affect you. And just so you know, just so you know, if you were paying attention or if you know anything about the 2008 global economic crash, the reason the housing market crashed in addition to these criminal loans that were handed out to people that didn't were not vetted they didn't meet the basic criteria to get a mortgage loan they these toxic loans i believe called collateralized debt obligations were pulled together so think of think of you know a lego game or jenga All of these crappy loans were pulled together and packaged as one big piece of hot dog shit. And guess what? They're doing the same thing with student loans right now. I just spoke recently with someone in finance. They are literally packaging toxic student loans that students are defaulting on and can't pay and selling those off not only to investors, but to pension funds. So if you have a pension, You should look in if your if your pension is investing in student loans and you know what Uh, i interviewed jill stein several times during the campaign i was the one of the only person that traveled to cover her a little bit canceling out student loan debt is one of the best economic policies out there it's never going to happen we're too bought off by the banks the politicians are too bought off by the banks but if you're going to if you want actual economic stimulus, bailing out the banks was not the way to go. Bailing out the students was the way to go. Cuz if you take the dark dark cloud off students and ex-students who are now in their 40s or 50s and still have tens of thousands of dollars in student loans or people fresh out of college in their 20s, 30s that have hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans, you take that off their backs wow they could actually spend more money of their monthly pay on going out to eat or buying things or taking a vacation rather than spending the majority of their paychecks on student loans Andy P says I get so much mail offering loan consolidations it's such a racket bingo Boo fire 140,000 here bingo I did a disappearing middle-class tour when I was at the Young Turks. I interviewed a a woman in Ohio. She had $400,000 of student loans. $400,000 of student loans? You better get a job where you're making a few mil. Notary S, so true. Thanks for talking about this. I try to cover things. Hey, if I'm gonna cover Trump, I'm gonna actually cover the important stuff. I don't cover Trump a lot, but this is on Trump. Trump didn't cause the housing market to crash, but the policies he's implementing right now, the cover-ups of reports like this are going to cause another crash. This is 100% on President Trump, who is a little too busy tweeting and apparently worrying about, you know, the walls closing in on him. But he's not here to legislate, he's not here to actually do good for his voters, he's here for the show and to be the star of the presidential reality show. This is something I would like to cover in the field. I could only cover it in the field as much as you go fund me. I'm not kidding. The more funding we get, the more we're going to go cover stories like this. Because student loans is not just like the housing market. The housing market was starting to fall in 2006 and 7, but there was no media covering it. There's usually storm clouds coming way before the hurricane, but no media was covering it. You had CNBC and financial news saying, oh, you know, housing's a little down, but it'll bounce back. It always does. And then they were, oh my God, how did this happen? How did this happen? And he, oh my God, we need to give a blank check to Congress to bail the banks out. Well, I'm saying it's coming. And I want to go interview students. I want to go interview experts. I want to go interview f- finance people that are sounding off the uh, s- sounding off the alarm on this. Darth Corey, I'm leaning towards a- anarchism every day. Hey, true. So, to I was going to I was going to end with a story on Tandon, but I think I'm going to save it. I think I'm going to save it for Sunday because Jen is working, uh, our fair Jen is working on an investigative piece on Neera Tanden and the Center for American Progress. So I'm going to wait till Sunday, but let's just say I did, we did a story on Neera Tandon and Center for American Progress yesterday. They did respond to us and we will have that response for you on Sunday with a much larger report on Sunday. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to do it right now. I want to wait till Sunday. And as a reminder, as a reminder, what else are you going to do on Sunday? There's nowhere else I'd want to be. Sunday Funday, Super Chat Marathon. Last time I went live for seven and a half hours. I'm going to have an interview with independent journalist Aaron Maté, formerly of The Real News, on Russiagate. It was very insightful. I learned a lot. Also going to have interviews on the fight against the Mountain Valley at Atlantic Coast Pipeline. I'm also going to have an interview with a mother who miscarried because of water poisoning in North Carolina, and DuPont is now getting off with only a $12 million fine for poisoning Wilmington and Fayetteville, North Carolina, since 1980. No, I'm not making it up. I recorded two of those interviews today. I recorded one of them the other day, and we're going to air them on Sunday, in addition to some other topics. I hope to see you on Sunday, and I will also be back tomorrow here at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And as a reminder, as a reminder, as a reminder, please, please go to statuscoup.com, read our stories, enter your email to become... Uh, join our email list that's also important that we grow our email list and please 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 i hope each one of you will look at your budget budget and consider becoming a member those are there's some great perks there's some great bonus content for as low as $5 a month or $10 a month obviously we'd love as many people as possible to do it at $10 a month but we made the $5 level for those who you know want to do it but need to do it at a little less this, In addition to the bonus content, what you're really doing is helping us build an actual, sustainable, workable, independent media model where we're not going to take investor, investment from awful, awful plutocrats who are destroying this country. We're not going to do deals or partnerships with awful, awful companies that don't stand with our values. We are truly independent, and that's why we're asking for your help. Thank you for watching. And remember, most people are not lacking compassion in this country. Most people have no idea what is actually going on. Peace out.